New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. It is only through a change in human consciousness that the world will be transformed. The personal and the planetary are connected. As we expand our awareness of mind, body, psyche, and spirit, and bring that awareness actively into the world, so also will the world be changed. This is our quest as we explore new dimensions. Are you one of a kindness? This is a trademark phrase of the newly formed Kindness Project. We've all heard this often quoted aphorism, when life throws you lemons, make lemonade. And these days, I believe we can all attest to the fact that it's raining lemons. So what is the antidote to dodging this bitter downpour? Our guest today suggests that it is kindness. Rather than focus on chaos and discord, Lindsay Andriotti made the conscious intention to look for what she wanted to see more of in the world. She says, I kept finding more and more kindness each and every day, and it spread like a virus that I wanted everyone to catch. Lindsay Andriotti is the founder of several companies and has held leadership positions in small and large organizations, including government, nonprofit, and Fortune 500 companies. For many years, she served as an organizational development coach, business transformation consultant, and executive coach. And she believes that when you are authentic and in your brilliance, you can achieve anything. She's a co-author of Sex, Intimacy, and Business. A revolution has begun and it's time to get undressed. And she's the founder and host of the Kindness Club. So join us today for the next hours. We explore how together we can create a positive virus of kindness with our guest, Lindsay Andriotti. I'm speaking with Lindsay from our home by remote connection. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I'll be your host. Welcome to New Dimensions. Lindsay, it's so great to have you here. Welcome. Thank you, Justine. It is my true pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you so much. It's been so many years since we've been together in this format. So I I want to go back. I'd love for you to help us understand what was the initiating idea of this kindness project? Mm. Where where did you get the idea? What inspired you? You know, that's such a good question, and I love it. I, I think the simple and shortest format is to go back. It was June of 2021 
My mother was diagnosed with a pretty rapidly spreading breast cancer. And at that time, I was living in Florida. Mom and dad were in Washington state. It was quite a distance. And I made a decision that no matter what was going to happen, I wanted to spend some time with my parents during this transitional moment for my mom. Well, I spent two and a half months that summer and then flew back to Florida and she was going to start chemotherapy programming in about the end of August. And right about then, it just felt like I could see this world as just one big bad bummer or I could start paying attention to what was good and what I was grateful for and what was really powerful for me during that time is I just made that choice. I said, okay, I'm not going to look at this as everything is bad and wrong here and the world's coming undone and everything's awful. I said, I'm going to go look for some kindness. And I started being kindness. (laughs) I just said, okay, whatever I do, I'm going to look at it with love. What would I do if I was, you know, in the situation that someone else was in and they were having a bad day? Long story really short, my mother did pass away in January of 2022. And And, and you were with her. And I was with her the whole time. Yeah, I flew back to Washington in December and we I was with her through her hospice experience and everything. And it really became clear that it was my destiny, my mission, my purpose was to be kindness and to find ways to bring people together that were in this notion of kindness. And it means so many things. I'm also spending time debunking the myth of kindness, which I'm sure we'll talk about later too. But it just, what was the impetus was realizing that life was happening to me and for me at the same time. And I got to make the choice. Do I want to see it as the good or do I want to really focus on everything that's bad and wrong here? And I chose the good. I want you to say something about the inspiration your mother has been for you, because I I know she's been an important person in your life. Thank you for asking about that. Yeah, she was an amazing human. And my mom was, I think her number one value in life was inclusivity. (laughs) There would never, ever be anyone who was excluded from our dinner table or our family reunions or anything. It was like, if if she knew you, she was going to include you. And that's been a huge influence for me. I learned all about kindness and being a good hostess and welcoming others from my mom. That's how she was. And uh, I spent my whole life learning from this beautiful soul. And then I think it was very appropriate that I would continue to look for kindness when she passed. And you mentioned something about debunking kindness. Okay, well, Mm -hmm. what do you mean, debunking kindness? You know, so I think a lot of times when people hear the word kindness, they think it means be nice all the time. Well, being nice, or in in the words, I'll put quotes around this, acting nice when you really don't feel like being nice is actually not kindness. And I, I talk about this a lot when I do speaking engagements because it's, Sometimes the kindest thing to do to give someone the truth of how you're feeling, even if it doesn't sound good, (laughs) Mm. right? So sometimes kindness for many people feels like compromise, 
giving up myself in order for someone else to feel better can be little white lies. You know, they say that's the kind thing to do. Sometimes it's not. (laughs) And I really spend a lot of time helping people discern what feels good from the inside out is the kind thing to do. If you feel like it's important to tell your friend that the person that she's choosing to date right now may not be her best choice, that is a kind thing to do. It's it seems like it's hard for people to to really step into the truth and to say what is so because it doesn't sound nice or I don't want to disrupt the apple cart or blah, blah, blah. Sometimes the very kindest thing you can do is give someone clear, appropriate, and healthy feedback. With that too, it's not being attached to the outcome. It's like you you say it and you give your view as best you can. Yep. And then you, I guess, let it go. And hopefully it's helpful because it's done. I think what you're saying is it's done with an expectation of being helpful to yes. your friend. Yes, absolutely. And I think your point is spot on with releasing the outcome. It is kind in love to say the truth of something. You know, I could use a lot of biblical references here. (laughs) I don't have to, but there were so many times when Jesus told the truth to the disciples and they were like, we don't like this. We don't want to hear that. And yet that was the kind and compassionate thing to do was to share with them the truth. So I really step into that. The grace of truth um, is a powerful play in, in being kind. It's being truthful and, and really loving that person and knowing it will, everything will be okay, regardless of the outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, that just reminds me, I've been listening to a book, a new book called The Dalai Lama's Cat. Of all things. And it's just this fabulous book. I highly recommend it. And the cat is the narrator. And the cat is talking about being there with the Dalai Lama. And there's some very famous philosopher from England with him. And the philosopher is kind of putting down the cat like, oh, well, you got this cat. It was an alley cat or whatever it was. And and the Dalai Lama says to him something like, uh, he said, well, this cat is just like you. <laughs> and the philosopher, you know, probably looked us what? what are you talking about? I mean, I'm so much more important. And he said, well, the, the cat wants happiness too. The cat wants to live just like you do. And there, there was a way that the, I don't know how the rest of the book is going to go, but there's a kind of truth telling mm-hmm. there That's an example of it that just reminds us, like your mother, to be more inclusive. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. You know, I I think that kindness, there's another myth that I'll bring in here because I think it's also relevant, is that kindness is exemplified to others. Well, the number one way to be able to even give or share kindness with others is to be kind to ourselves. Mm. And I think self-kindness and being gentle with yourself, even when you've made a huge blunder, or perhaps you've stepped into an area that feels awkward and uncomfortable, 
It's learning how to be kind to self that allows for the kindness and understanding to be shared with others. And I found in my work with many, many leaders and companies and so forth that the number one thing they struggle with the most is actually changing that self-talk in their head from the one that says, you idiot, why did you do that? To the one that says, wow, I'm human. I made a mistake. Cool. Let's do something different. You know, I mean, <laughs> it is so difficult to change that voice. And self-kindness is where I even begin in this whole kindness project. It's what are the hot tips for getting kind to yourself? It's amazing what it can do to change I our lives. I so, love it. I yeah. love it. You mentioned something, I think, on your website about the surrender experiment. Oh, yeah. And this is uh, Michael Singer, uh, who, if people don't know who he is, he's a, just a highly regarded author who expounds practical wisdom. I mean, he's just wonderful. Michael Incredible. Singer, look mm -hmm. up his books. How does surrender the surrender experiment mm -hmm. kind of relate? This is a fun story, so I appreciate you asking. I moved to Florida from Seattle, roughly, we'll just call it October of 2020, just to make it simple. That's when I moved into my new house and I got myself grounded in my new space and I'm 3,500 miles from everything I ever knew, you know, from my childhood and love it. Like I just, woo. And at that same time, I made a decision to surrender. You made a decision to surrender. So we're going to pause right there with the like, everybody's curious about it now. Okay. I just want to remind our listeners, I'm here with Lindsay Andriotti, and she's the host and founder of the Kindness Club. And if you want to know more about the club, hey, go to her website, imaginalventures.org, O-R-G, imaginalventures.org. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Thoms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Lindsay Andriotti, and we're talking about the Kindness Club and the kindness as a virus. And we were just talking about the surrender experiment uh, mm -hmm. as proposed by Michael Singer. And you you were just right in the midst of saying, okay, to surrender, you're there in Florida. Yes. I, I made a choice to surrender to life. And if you haven't read Michael Singer's work, this may sound a little goofy. So I'm just going to put it out there right now. But for anyone who understands, it's literally about living your life, accepting everything that is 
day by day. So no matter how it comes, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, it's the acceptance of it. And in approximately two years and with the culmination of my mother and her shift and me being, I didn't think I would be in Washington state for four and a half months in 2021 that, you know, that was not in a plan that I had of my life. I literally surrendered to everything that was coming my way. And that changed my company. It changed my thinking about so many things. And I've really learned how to just simply accept that life is coming through me. Life is going to do what it's going to do. And I get to be part of it. So that was my great, my grand surrender experiment. And that really was what led to Imaginal Ventures becoming real, um, turning things around for the Kindness Project, learning to build a brand called One of a Kindness, which you are, by the way, Justine, and so are all of the listeners. You know, we all matter. We all make a difference. We are one of a kind. And being one of a kindness allows us to be kind to ourselves and to others. So, so surrender experiment. That letting letting go into, into what comes, that's not always easy, but it nope. it um <laughs> it will lead us someplace. It 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 actually is the path opening in some way. I believe that. And I so you mentioned imaginals, uh yes. or the that website, the imaginal ventures ventures.org. And so let's talk about imaginals. You think of of me and others, I know our listeners as imaginals. So Indeed. tell us what what is that? Who who are we? Is in Excellent. your view? I know I love this. So it's a metaphor that I just absolutely love in nature. When a caterpillar is ready to go to the chrysalis, they really don't know why. They just surrender to nature's process and they build a chrysalis. They build a cocoon, they go in. And everything that they were before liquefies. So everything in that chrysalis liquefies. The first cells that start to form the new butterfly are called imaginals. And if you think about it, it's the, it's the cells that would need to completely think radically differently than a caterpillar experience. And they're going to build a butterfly not even necessarily knowing what a butterfly is or what it should do. So the reason I love the word imaginals is that I see so many of us on earth at this time working for humanity to build the world that we know is possible, which will be butterfly world. And it does mean that systems and everything will break down, practically liquefy, in the caterpillar world in order for us to advance or to evolve. And I see it as a really good thing to be an imaginal and to be one of those first ones out. Now, it's scary because the hardest part about being an imaginal is finding other imaginals. (laughs) You know, it's hard to build a whole new, we'll just call it education system, if you can't find 10, 15, 20 other imaginals whose purpose is to build education systems. And by, you know, anything, you can imagine anything, it has to be designed for butterfly world, which is no longer caterpillar. And so 
that's why I call it imaginal ventures. I'm looking for disruptors in industries who are going, hey, we're no longer going to be able to rely on this way of thinking. We've got to go that way and build companies or entities that would support new ways of thinking in humanity. Hence, imaginal ventures and also why the kindness, the one of a kindness project is a part of an imaginal venture. I believe the new world we're living in will be filled with kindness, not competition. It will be filled with collaboration, you know, not kill or be killed. I, I think it's time for us to step into that. And I just continue to look for it. And I'm finding more and more people who agree, who are saying, I'm one of those. I'm an imaginal. I'm one of a kindness. I want to play. And they come and play. And then we find each other and they build stuff. I love that, Lindsay, and I, I love it that this is a reflection of nature itself yes. that, that has been using this process. Awesome. And when you talk about it's scary as we're going through so much change in the world, economically, climate-wise, you know, I Everything. mean, so many things. <laughs> Are, are happening right now, uh, migrations of people, world population. I mean, I could go on and on. Transportation. I mean, you transportation, could, all know, of rockets it. Rockets to the moon today. Uh, exactly. <laughs> rockets to Mars, you know. I mean, and here we are. Mm-hmm. It, it, so it, if we can remember that the caterpillar mm-hmm. liquefied. Yes. I mean, that, that idea, that... I just mm-hmm. found that when I first learned that, that it actually turns to liquid. The goo. Uh, the goo. <laughs> and then these cells start gathering yeah. together. And at, even at first, the, mm-hmm. the caterpillar cells reject the uh, those, but they they because they gather together, yes. that's where they Thanks. overpowered that rejection. And, and Lindsay... That's so it helps me not to be afraid yeah. of the, the liquefying part because yes. we're going to gather together and you're helping us do that with this kindness project. So how will we connect with one another? How how will these as imaginal cells that we are right. connect with one another? That's a fabulous question. So in the kindness club, when people join, it's a it's a private. It's it's only um, you have to be invited by someone who is in the club, and once you're in, it's very protected and private. It's not like Facebook. It's not a Facebook group. I built it in Mighty Networks, which is a fabulous platform for doing this. Inside the platform, you literally can see all the members, and people are encouraged to find one another. And um, one of the steps is kind of identifying what is it that you feel like you're working on and what other kinds of imaginals would you like to get to know? So, you know, I think of it like, to put it in the butterfly metaphor, I feel like I'm a butterfly antenna cell and I need to find all the antenna cells that are going to be working on that, you know, and someone else might be working on feet or a wing or something else. Same with us. We're working on something and we feel called to do something about it in the new world. Well, eventually we've got to find each other. We we have to find people who are conscious and willing to live a little differently and look for the good as opposed to worry about the bad. We can't focus on what's not working or we just get more of it. So this group 
is really about intentionally looking at what can we create and right. where are we going? And we'll be able to connect in our group. That's <laughs> wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, I th- I think I would call you, Lindsay, an extrovert. Am I, would that be pretty correct? I'm, it's pretty correct. I'm borderline, really. Most people realize that I take a lot of downtime by myself <laughs> okay. to recharge right. my batteries, but I do genuinely love people. Yeah. So I find it quite simple to reach out and say hi to random strangers. That is true. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's my next question. Okay. In And we'll talk about this trip that you took with your dad across America, road trip, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But in doing that, you met a lot of people. And, and so give us some clue as to how the rest of us might meet strangers, because that road trip, you just met all these wonderful people. So mm-hmm. how did you do that? And what advice do you have for us? Awesome question. So um, when we drove across country from Seattle to Daytona, um, we decided that in every single venture, whether it was stopping at a gas station, having lunch, whatever, we were just going to say hi to people. I mean, that was easy. Hi, how are you? What are you doing today? (laughs) Now, if you're not the kind of person that likes to talk to strangers, then be an observer. Observe the kindness. Make a conscious choice to lean back and watch and look around you and notice where the kindness is actually happening. If you spend time at a coffee shop, look there. Where do you see someone who pulls a chair, you know, for someone else to help them? Where's the person who's taking good care of themselves by eating healthy and doing the right thing for their body? You know, be the observer, but the the object of finding kindness is really about you finding kindness within yourself and making it a focal point of a of a way to see the world. There is way more kindness happening on a day-to-day basis than there is drama, negativity, and darkness. Wow. That's a big statement. Yep. There is way more. And it's all about whether or not you're willing to tune into it. It's a frequency. It's just like listening to New Dimensions Radio versus something else. You know, pick the frequency and watch how it shows up more and more and more until all of a sudden you're like, wow, I don't have a bad day anymore. What is a bad day? I don't even, I don't know what that is. Right. So I think that's an important um, part of this process of transforming ourselves into being kindness, be the one of a kindness that we are. And however that shows up, you know, sometimes people just listen. Listening is one of the strongest forms of kindness. You don't have to say another word. Sometimes it comes in the form of gifts. Bring a little surprise to somebody just because it uplifts the spirit. Sometimes it's, you know, spending good quality time. I I liken it to the five love languages (laughs) that has been around for a long time. But, you know, you can demonstrate kindness to yourself and to others by considering just what does that other person need? Sometimes it's a smile. Um, I have a neighbor uh, who should be part of this club for sure. 
because sometimes uh, I'll come home and there will be a bouquet of flowers sitting mm. on my deck. And I said to her, I said, you know, Merit, uh, uh, I never thought I'd give any more flowers once Michael died. And that was, mm. you know, many, you know, over five years ago. And so now once in a while, there'll be this bouquet of flowers. It's just the sweetest thing. I'm just so mm. grateful. So I want to remind our listeners, I'm here with Lindsay Andriotti, and she is the host and founder of the Kindness Club. And if you want to know about it, go to imaginalventures.org, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Lindsay Andriotti, and she is the founder and host of the Kindness Club. You can find it at imaginalventures.org. I'd love to talk about a little bit about this trip across the U.S. and about, you say, we make the intention to see kindness. It's, it's like an intentional thing. And I know that setting an intention is really important to you. It's one of your, your precepts uh, that's intentionally looking for something. Make the intention. Or there's a post-it you put up on your mirror one that said, you are one of a kindness, Lindsay, and that's all you need to be. I, I love that. So it, it's like this intention of kindness or noticing kindness and that expands. So say something about making an intention. Oh, great. I really strongly have noticed in my life that anytime I set an intention for anything, whether it was, you know, to become a mom <laughs> and be the best mom I ever could, or to be a great friend, you know, to establish an intention is even deeper and has more, I don't know, sacred meaning than setting a goal. I, so goals have an outcome base. Intentions are, I am being that. I'm sitting in the energy and the frequency of that thing that I intend. And I think there's a lack of intentionality in the world today. I think people are bombarded by so much stuff. It's just, bow, 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 bow. and instead of taking the time to step back and go, but what, what's my intention in all of this? You, you could be bombarded by everything, or you can simply just ignore it and focus and intend something different. And I think that's what I did in this last year, for sure, around kindness. I just said, hmm, yeah, I could get bombarded by a lot of really icky stuff that's coming undone. Or I set the intention for Brave New World with kindness. And 
joyful expression and grace and the ability to mess up and be okay with it. Like, yeah, this is the world we want to live in. And yet many of us don't make the time to set the intention of how are we going to be in that new world? We just live with the bombardment. So I really strongly, firmly plant myself in an intention every day. You know, my intention today was to say, how good can this get? <laughs> wow. And, yeah. And that's the, it's the difference between sitting and waiting for something to happen or surrendering to life, but intending to see that which supports your intention. So if I set an intention to find kindness, which I did all across America, and I found lots and lots of it with my dad, who also is a fun spirit to hang with on a 3000 mile road trip. Oh yes. And Desi, the wonder dog, although (laughs) Desi had a great trip and he's so glad to be home. And part of what I noticed is he responded differently also to the kindness that was found across America. So there was not a town we went to or stopped in. It didn't matter how far in the middle of nowhere that we didn't encounter some sort of kindness, someone who would wash our window on the truck, even though it wasn't expected. He just was this really nice young kid and he felt like he wanted to wash the windshield. You know, these things happen. They start to emerge because we're setting the field and the intention for kindness to just show up. How good can it get? Pretty darn good if you keep looking for it. <laughs> I, I I remember that story of the young man that washed your windshield, and and I remember. So you asked him. You said, um, "What's a good?" And it was a tiny little town, I think. Oh, uh, it's middle of nowhere. Nowhere. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. and and you said, "What's a good restaurant?" And <laughs> what did he tell you? <laughs> it was so cute. He said, "Oh, the best restaurant in town is right here at the gas station." And we were like what? How is that even possible? You know, but we thought, okay, why not? I think this was near or outside of Burns, Oregon. If anyone's familiar with Eastern Oregon, it is middle of nowhere. It has less than 2000 people in it. I think so. It was so small. And so we said, okay, well, let's give it a go. So dad and I go in, we're going to have lunch at this place. And the chef, was this amazing guy. Like, and he came from out of nowhere and he shared all these stories with us. And we're just going, yeah, this was a good move. Good call on the part of the guy who just watched the windshield. It was, it was actually quite amazing what we saw across America. I mean, we stepped into um, another place, another gas station somewhere. And the guy said, you know what? You're on a long trip. I think you need to have that for free. And he just gave us a Coke. I mean, it was like, just go. And we're oh, like, sweet. So things like this are happening everywhere in America, you know? And I think if you look for it, it just shows up more and more. And in contrast, literally just yesterday, I was out with four other people and we were going to go have a, a early dinner. And I wouldn't say that the four others I was with set an intention for kindness. They have a different way of, you know, doing life or whatever. And do you know that all they saw the whole entire meal was the complainers? That's all they saw was the complaining that was going on. That was their, like their lens. Yeah, that was the lens they were looking through. So it was, it was a noticing of who complained. Whereas I found 
the one person who was actually our server. And he was talking to us. We were at the Hard Rock Hotel and they have little badges with their favorite bands on them. And he and I were chatting about how, what, you know, who would my favorite band be, which would be impossible to guess. And we were just back and forth. That's what I focused on. I didn't even see the complainers when they were, when they started to tell me about, I was like, I didn't, I didn't see them. So there's something about the lens we use, the focus we bring, the intention we really aspire to have that creates the same place and time with other people. You can create an entirely different experience. Right. <laughs> exactly. And I, I'm thinking, Lindsay, all right, if you think it, say it. I mean, if it's something positive, if you think it like you, yes. the server, you notice his badge and it said, favorite band Duran, and you Duran. think in your head oh favorite band oh what's my favorite band you thought it but yep. you said it out loud I, I'm thinking of a missed opportunity that I had and once I mm-hmm. tuned into your whole kindness project I thought wow I missed an opportunity here because here's what happened I took a friend of mine to have dental surgery And it was very early in the morning and I dropped her off at the dental office and I was standing there helping her register and so forth. And the woman who was the office manager, maybe you'd say, she wore a mask. She had a mask on, but you could see her eyes. And I noticed her eyelashes and I thought, boy, they really look good. Those Mm -hmm. are good. They they were fake eyelashes, but they were good fake eyelashes. It looked good. (laughs) Yeah. And I I was curious about that and I didn't say anything. I missed the opportunity. I could have, that would have been an opportunity to say, golly, I love your eyelashes. Mm -hmm. And that was the kind of opening of meeting strangers, isn't it? It really is perfect. It's the what you notice that just gives you a moment of pause or impressive. I did the same thing with a gentleman who was covered head to toe with tattoos. And I I could I was like astounded that someone could sit still for as long as that must have taken. And I went, wow. And I just looked at him and I said, Wow, <laughs> you are a work of art. How long did that take? Like, I just, I couldn't even wrap my head around it. I'm so petrified to even get, you know, a shot. (laughs) Here's a guy who's going for needles head to toe. It was amazing. And so to find that thing that's just remarkable about someone and to acknowledge it is giving them a gift. I'll, I'll share with you just yesterday, I took my dad to the Daytona International Speedway and we went on the tour and I'm certain that the guy who did the tour has done it a hundred thousand times. <laughs> and so, you know, how much fun can that be when you're saying the same thing over and over? Well, I stopped him halfway through the tour. We got out and I just chatted with him for a minute and I handed him one of our kindness currency, which is a, a coin. It's a gold coin that says you are one of a kindness on one side and it says be kind on the other. And I said, I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate that you wake up and do this over and over and over again. And you still make it sound like it's the first time you said these words. And he beamed from ear to ear. Like, did anyone ever notice me ever, you know, other than to say, oh, nice tour and then go off and do their thing. So 
what I'm noticing with our kindness projects, with the kindness currency, and soon the kindness kits to help people get into kindness for themselves and others, we're making a difference just by acknowledging someone's brilliance, their exceptional awesomeness. And it doesn't matter what it is. You know, you could give your neighbor a kindness coin for all the flowers she's ever brought you and just said, I want to acknowledge you for that. Those kinds of things. It's acknowledgement of someone's amazingness that makes a huge difference. I just love what you're saying about noticing kindness and that example you gave of being at the restaurant and noticing the your server and and others, you know, just seeing all, all the people complaining. Uh, so uh, I, I'm wondering also if you could give us some other examples on the road trip. Okay, so we were in absolutely nowhere, Nevada. Um, and it was kind of on the border between Nevada and Utah. And we were kind of, well, what was happening, dad was driving, I was in the passenger seat, and we were trying to figure out if that was maybe the best possible opportunity to get gas for the remainder of our trip to Moab. Okay, so we're pulling off of the exit, dad pulls off the exit, and behind us comes a state patrol from Nevada. And we're like, well, what happened? We didn't do anything. So anyway, he comes to my side of the truck, which is good because my dad is speech impaired. He really can't explain things. So someone who didn't know would think there was something really wrong. So anyway, he comes to my side. I roll down the window and said, hi, officer. And he said, is everything okay? And we said, yes, we're just trying. We were trying to figure out if this was the right exit for us to take to get gas. And he said, well, I was just concerned because you weren't really staying in the lane. And he was looking at dad and, and dad goes, it's okay. You know, that's all he could really say. And I said, everything's really fine. We're, we're absolutely perfect. We just didn't really know where we were going <laughs> at this moment. And he said, okay. He goes, and then I said, you know, it's really great. I'm really grateful that you pulled this over right now because you seem like you're a person who is really cares about his work and what you're doing. And I just want you to know, we appreciate that. Well, now he's beaming as only a state trooper can do. And he goes back to check on, you know, the license registration, everything. He comes back and he says, he goes, you guys have a great trip. I'm glad you're finding kindness around the, the country. And he said, just remember to stay in your row. <laughs> <laughs> I love and it. He was, I love he was such a nice man. And, you know, I'm sure his job is not easy. He is in the middle of the desert. And then we asked him, where's the best place to go have lunch in that town? And he said, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. Yeah. I'm here with Lindsay Andriotti, and we're talking about kindness. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions.
I'm here with Lindsay Andriotti, and we were talking about this great moment with a highway patrol person. And, you know, Lindsay, we often don't appreciate certain people with these difficult jobs like police officers, highway patrol, you know, and all of that. They are often very underappreciated, especially when they do something that really is for our good and safety. And um, is there anything that you want to add to that story, Lindsay? Absolutely. After the whole incident occurred and, you know, he left, I mean, what a really remarkable Man, he has a difficult job. He's in the middle of the desert. Probably there's a lot of issues relative to casinos and drug running and all kinds of stuff that goes on out there. So he has a hard job. And here he ends up pulling over this little old man and his you know, daughter, middle-aged daughter. And I decided that I wanted to do something about that. So I wrote a note to his boss at the Nevada State Patrol. Now, I didn't get anything in return, and that's okay. I just wanted to commend him and say he did his job clearly, succinctly, and with kindness. He, you know, as as hard as it probably is to be out there, he was a really good guy trying to keep the streets safe and the people safe, and I appreciated it. So appreciation is a massive way to demonstrate kindness in the littlest of ways. (laughs) Just say thank you. You know, it's so simple sometimes, but it's harder for people to do it these days. Exactly. And uh, taking the time, okay, where would I send this? It doesn't, it probably takes all of 10 minutes of your time to look up the address of the state uh, State patrol (laughs) and and then to to write that note and to send that off. But it also, doesn't it make you feel good? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the other part, too, because that kind of kindness is a two-way street, isn't it? So gratifying to recognize that this person was doing their job. It wasn't his, quote-unquote, fault that he pulled us over. I mean, I think about how many people complain about being pulled over. There was nothing wrong in the circumstance, and he was doing his job. I really think that sometimes we forget that. You know, there are customer service people, too, that are doing their job to the best that they possibly can. And complaining at them and telling them that they're jerks is really not that helpful. And it makes them not want to do that job anymore, in which case then we might not get the service anymore that we actually really want. So it's about flipping it on its head and saying, I really appreciate that you did your job. Yay. Thank you. Let's talk about uh, a culture of kindness. Let's okay. say, yeah. I know that you can say something about this, like if we're working mm-hmm. in a business, a particular business, or if we're part of a church or anything, let's talk about a culture of kindness within these organizations. I think it's really important right now is just having a conversation with someone who's the head of diversity um, and inclusion at a pretty large organization. And And he was talking about how it's just becoming more and more divisive inside these organizations. Well, a culture of kindness gets cultivated when we stop focusing again on what are the differences and trying to make people change behaviors that are, you know, quite frankly, programmed in for many, many years. That's harder. You can try it, but it's really difficult. I mean, talk to therapists. They'll tell you it's really hard to change that stuff. It would be much easier to use a a visual, a carrot, 
version, which is to acknowledge the awesomeness of those that are there. So it doesn't matter if you're in a family, a school, a church, a, a company, cultivating a culture of kindness just means look at where the good is in this organization and then expand it rather than looking at what's broken, what's wrong, you're not doing it right, I feel hurt, you feel hurt, everybody's feeling hurt. We only feel hurt because we choose that too. You know, I I could have taken that, (laughs) the highway patrol and said, oh, you know, they're just awful. They pull over little old men and da, da, da. And it's like, no, look at it differently. And it's about me and how I look at it. So it's a choice-based thing. And we all choose it in every single circumstance. We can see it as something that was meant to hurt us or something that's there to help us grow. And differences help us grow. So cultivating a culture of kindness is like growing a garden. Just keep cultivating the beauty that you want to see in the garden. And it continues to grow. (laughs) But if you focus on the weeds and you use too much Roundup, things start to die. (laughs) It's an atrophy system, you know. And so I just really work on with companies and, and clients how to build this culture through affirmation, acknowledgement, strengths, growth patterns that are good for the organization, as opposed to, well, that guy's broken and this team doesn't function and da da da. Well, that's nice, but there's a better way to look at the bigger picture. So you you just said differences make us grow. Expand on that one. What what do you mean by sure. that? I mean, I if you sit with a room, if you had five clones of yourself <laughs> sitting in a room and all you did was talk to those clones all day, every day, bad, not a whole lot's going to really shift. That'll be a pretty insulated and mm, it might even atrophy to some degree, a circumstance. But if you put yourself in a room with five people who you've never met before and come from all different parts of the world, Whoa, you, if you get curious, you're going to grow. It's that simple. You'll find ways to grow together as opposed to apart. And a lot of what's happening is that so divisive and, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. And I feel this and you feel that and we can't get along. I, I just don't, I don't buy it. That's not how we're meant to live as humans. So it's, I see ways to cultivate kindness inside these cultures. And kindness comes from a place of listening, curiosity, understanding, wanting to grow, a willingness to grow is an important aspect of it. So, well, there you go a willingness to grow and curiosity. That's mm-hmm. a big one, isn't big it, one. Lindsay? I it's mean, it's huge. I think that that is an attribute that is not paid attention to is what I would say that as, as it's no big deal being curious, but it's huge. If we go around being more curious than judgmental, yes. it would mean a huge difference in our culture, wouldn't it? Oh, that's it. No judgment, just be curious. And it's not imposter curiosity which is, you know, I have an opinion and I'm going to ask you a question about my opinion. <laughs> that's, that's not it. It's the curious, like you've been throughout this entire interview. You're just, 
gosh, I want to know more about that. Tell me more. And there's an eagerness to curiosity that intends for the growth, for the exchange to happen in a positive way. And I think a lot of people aren't taught how to be curious. My mom was an exceptional curiosity maven. She was the, I used to say she's the oldest five-year-old I've ever known in my life. (laughs) And she had this childlike curiosity about, I wonder how that works. I wonder what that does. I wonder how this might be if we did it that way. Always curious about something. And I think I, I, I grew up in that environment. So it felt good. Even if one day it seems one way, the next day it could seem entirely different. And if we stay open to curiosity, we'll, we'll see it differently. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I love that. I love that. I, I love to talk about one or two more incidences that you had mm-hmm. on that road on the trip. adventure across country. Yeah. And uh, one that really kind of popped for me was when you met the 16 millennials, uh, Italian millennials. Tell us about them. Oh, that was so fun. So we were in Moab, Utah, which both my dad and I would say was one of the highlights of the trip, actually. It was an unexpected highlight. We we actually found a cafe that had my mom's name on it. And it was it was just kind of special how she was with us this entire trip, too. But sidebar. Uh, on the day we were checking out of our hotel, we went down to have breakfast and in the lobby, in the breakfast area were 16 millennial Italians, all speaking Italian. <laughs> and, and I just, I, well, first of all, my last name is Italian. I love Italy, just got back from there. So I struck up a conversation with two of them who were waiting in line to go to the bathroom. <laughs> And it turns out they were on this incredible whirlwind tour going through all the national parks in the Western states in like two weeks. I I couldn't even fathom how they were going to do this. And they were just delightful. The whole experience of meeting with them and they were curious about us living in the United States. They, you know, were all kind of I I call them uh, professionals in different parts of Italy, and they didn't know each other either. So they all came together on this tour. And it was just this hodgepodge of kindness and, and geography being covered in a nanosecond. One of them even invited me to come to Milan. You know, and I said, how fun is that? My friend has a daughter that lives in Milan. And I'm like, All these little dots got connected just because I got curious as to why they were here in Moab, Utah, 16 millennials uh, from Italy. There you go. And you approach them and you ask the question and you were curious. And now now you get to share that with all of us. And it just sort of expands and expands. And I so I'm I'm just very excited about this project. And I just want to remind our listeners that I'm here with Lindsay Andriotti, and she is the founder and host of the Kindness Project. And for you to, uh, all of us, to go to the website and sign up, because all of our listeners I know are uh, kindness uh, people. (laughs) You're all one of a kindness. One of a kindness. This is why we want you to come in. Yes. Please. Great. Go to imaginalventures.org, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You've been listening to New Dimensions.
This is program number 3770. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. You can also subscribe to our free weekly podcasts and find over a thousand hours of audio dialogues in our searchable archive. New Dimensions is produced by New Dimensions Radio in Santa Rosa, California, USA. Our executive producer is Justine Willis-Toms. Our post-production editor is Lou Judson. For over four decades, New Dimensions has been producing weekly conversations at the leading edge. We sincerely thank all of you who have supported us by being members of Friends of New Dimensions as well as members of our affiliate stations. My name is Dan Drayson. On behalf of everyone at New Dimensions whose endeavors make this program possible, I'm wishing you well. New Dimensions Radio is an independent producer supported by listener contributions. To find out more about the program you've just heard, to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter and our New Dimensions and New Dimensions Cafe podcasts, and to access thousands of other programs in the New Dimensions archive, please visit our website, newdimensions.org. That's newdimensions.org. Or call us at 707-468-5215. That's 707-468-5215. Please join us next time as we explore New Dimensions.